You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. <laughs> Thank the Lord. We've been in a series for the past few weeks um, called a Council Church, and it has been basically a series that uh, relates to, um, um, hey Max, it's good to see you again. It's, um, it is a series that is basically uh, helping us to understand uh, the tabernacle and what it means and uh, why God developed it and why he designed it. And the reason we've been doing that is because as it relates to a council culture, we have understood that it is easy to counsel what you don't understand. And it is my job to make sure we understand why the church was established, what the role of it is, and what we do and how we fit into it. This topic that I'm talking about today and where we're going today is obviously, honestly a very, um, some would not maybe say it's a difficult topic to t uh, talk about, but sometimes it is. I've learned as I have been ministering for a few years, there are a few topics that are hard to talk about, one of them being money. Um, when you start talking about money, uh, people get a little fidgety when it comes to that or giving, things like that. This is not that, that Sunday. Tell somebody this is not that message. This is not that one. Um, but there's also another topic that is sometimes hard to talk about because people feel uncomfortable with it, and it is the topic of prayer. Sometimes when you talk about prayer, um, people um, get nervous for many reasons. One, because some people don't feel like they can talk to God. Some people don't feel like they can talk to God because they don't know what to say. And then some people don't feel like they can talk to God because they feel unworthy to talk to God. And then oftentimes, we, when we talk about that prayer is not just you talking to God, but prayer is also God talking to you. Some people have a hard time with God talking to us because we don't sit still long enough for God to talk to us. So when it comes time for someone to say, I heard from God, you're like, well, how did you hear from God? Um, and where did that come from? I will say that majority of the time that God speaks to us, oftentimes, I would say 90% of the time, he will often speak to us through his word. Oftentimes, it will always be through the word. It doesn't mean it's chapter and verse, but sometimes you will hear something that will remind you of a word that you needed to hear. God does not speak to us in the voice of Morgan Freeman. He does not speak out of, you know, in that particular way. Sometimes God is speaking through an impression. Uh, impression meaning you, you've, you heard something that seemed familiar to you and you're like, I believe that was God because scripture says that a stranger um, or sheep will not follow a stranger, but they know the voice of their shepherd. Uh, so it is very important that we understand how not just to talk to God, but how God talks to us. So I want to talk about prayer today, and um, I'm going to give you the topic a little bit later on what the title of the message is, but I want to make it make sense in the next few minutes that I have, and uh, Pastor Caesar is going to pray me through these next 30 minutes that I'm going to do the best I can, praise the Lord. We understand, as we have learned, that for the last uh, few weeks, we've been talking about how the Egyptians came out of the wilderness, right? 
and came out of the wilderness and not out of the wilderness, out of Egypt. I always say that. They came out of Egypt after being in oppression for 400 years under Egyptian gods, under Egyptian system and serving idol gods. Uh, we found out that when they came out of Egypt, the reason that they came out of Egypt in the first place is because the, the, the Israelites prayed that they would be delivered. And scripture says that God spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the cry of my people and I need you to go deliver them. Moses went there and, of course, through many, many signs and things, Pharaoh eventually let the people go. We know that they left. They crossed over through the Red Sea. They crossed over through the sea on dry ground. We know that Pharaoh and his army dried up. We know all the drowned in the Red Sea. We know all that. And we got there, and now they're in the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, God tells Moses, he said, hey, I want you to show, I want to show you how to teach them how to approach me and worship me. Why was that important? Because they had been in Egyptian uh, uh, gods and, and mythology and all these different things for many years, and they knew how to worship idols and statues and different things that they did, magic and all that, but they did not know how to approach God. Even though God had been covering them and God delivered them, they still did not know the God that delivered them. It is very, um, very um, easy for you to know about God but not know God. It is very easy for you to know about church but not know church. And there's many times that many of us, and myself included, where I sang many of the songs for many years. I remember Sister Angie uh, when I was growing up and different older ones would sing certain songs and tears would string down their face and they would cry or they would lift their hands and they would worship. And I didn't understand it. It made no sense to me at all why they would get so excited about certain things and they would start, start going through and say, tis the old ship of Zion and uh, it has landed many a thousands and I don't understand they sitting here shouting and screaming and hollering or they would sing sing songs like on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand and I don't understand the meaning of that until I went through life and all of the ground seemed like it was sinking and then I realized that I needed a firm foundation to stand on. I needed something that was solid. So it wasn't until I knew for myself about Jesus, not what others had told me about Jesus, that it meant something to me. And that is my job and my assignment to make sure that you know Jesus. Now, why did God bring them to or design the tabernacle? He designed the tabernacle. He said, I want you to make sure that these people, they don't have religion with me but they have a relationship with me. I want to show you how to have relationship with me. In Egypt, in Egypt they had religion. They had something that they had to do, things that they worshiped that couldn't worship or couldn't respond back to them. It was religion. It was some habit that they did. He said, I want to have relationship with my people. I want to relate to them. I want to be among them. I want to be with them. Put my tabernacle up there if you can. Uh, I want to relate with them and I want to be with them. And as you know, as we've been going through this for the last few weeks, I don't have my pointer today. Some of y'all going to be excited, uh, but I don't have it with me today. But if you look at this, we found the, the court outside of this and we know that we we enter into this gate. Now, I'm going to ask y'all class one more time. AJ was the only person who studied last year, last week. So I'm going to see, have y'all studied more this week? We went through the court, and when we go to the court, we enter his gates with what? Don't y'all act like y'all did last week. We enter his gates with what? And to his course with what? 
Good. Very good. Y'all got a B minus. All right. Now, the first thing we go to, the first thing we go to, I don't have my pointer. That first thing where you see those lambs, that's called the brazen what? Okay. Come on here. Look at Guillaume being my best friend in these last and evil days. Come on. Ah. Ooh. All right. This right here is called the brazen what? Good. And this right here is called the brazen what? See, that's what the class is. It's the AP class. This is what the rest of uh, y'all stayed at the old 900s. Here right here is the brazen. It starts with an L. Whoo, y'all are so smart. The brazen labor. This brazen altar right here is a spot that is with sacrifice. Something had to die there. For those of you who are new to the class, you know, I'm not blaming you for that. For, for the rest of the people who've been here all these weeks, um, the brazen altar is a place of sacrifice. The second place is called the brazen laver, which was a place of cleansing. It was a place where I was washed from the guilt that I had at the brazen altar. It's a place of sacrifice, and that's where they went to. And then if you have my next, uh, so last week, a few weeks ago, we talked about the table of show. Bread. And the table of showbread was a place where God fed us, and it was a place where we talked about the bread of heaven and, and talked about how he fed us in the wilderness and how they were going through, but God was the one who fed them. That house of bread reminds us of even Bethlehem, how Bethlehem was a house of bread. And we went from the showbread, and then we went to the candlestick where we was last week, and how Jesus is the light of the world. Not only is he the light of the world, he wants you to shine your light. Someone say, shine your light. But now we are today at the altar of incense. Can you put that up there? The altar of incense. The altar of incense that we see there is a place uh, of prayer. It's a place of prayer. Someone say a place of prayer. It's a place of prayer that we, we get to, this altar of incense. I'm, I'm, we're going to go here, and I'm going to explain some things to you, and I hope it makes sense to you so that you can have a better prayer life. Let's go to Exodus, the 30th chapter, verse 1 through 8. Exodus, the 30th chapter, verse 1 through 8. Let's go there, Pastor Stacia. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length, and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them. And they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it. A regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generation. Could you put up another picture, not just the one of the uh, incense, I mean, but the other one, that one right there. This is basically how you look in this, and this is what it looked like. And, of course, this is a, a different replica, but it's just an example of it. When you come into this place right here, you see that's the, um, the table of showbread, and you see that is the candlestick. And right here is the, the altar of incense, and right here is the, is the veil, and behind that veil is the Holy of Holies. That 
it's a place where it's only God. Remember I told you last week the outer court was a place of me handling my business, handling my sin issues, and then I come into this place, it is me and God. God is feeding me, I'm, I'm understanding from him, he's lighting the way, I'm understanding that light, and now I'm at a place of prayer. But when I get beyond that veil, it's a place of only God, there's only God there, that's the only God place, and we're going to get there next week. That is a place where we call the Shekinah glory, it is a place where only God dwells. But if you look at this place, put my altar of incense back up there, according to the scripture that she just now read, when you look at that, it says that there are poles on the side. It doesn't have legs. It has poles on the side. The poles on the side means it has to be carried. It cannot walk on its own. It has to be carried. Mind you, remember they were in the wilderness. I don't know if I've made this point very clear recently, but they were in the wilderness, which means that they were intense, which means that every time, according to scripture, I've read around in numbers, it says that every time the cloud moved, they were supposed to move, which meant that the tabernacle had to be mobile. The tabernacle was not set. It was not made with brick and mortar like this particular building is. It had to move every time the people moved. So they had to have poles because somebody had to carry it. That is very important for us to understand that as it relates to your relationship with God, you have to take God everywhere you go. You can't just leave God on Sundays. God just can't be a Sunday God. You have to have God everywhere you go. Someone say everywhere I go. We used to sing the song, Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go, everywhere I be, Jesus is mine. You got to make sure. So when they said these poles, had, people had to carry that, that meant they had to carry the altar of incense, which meant they had to carry prayer everywhere they went. And I want to ask us a question today. I say us, myself included. How are you walking in prayer lately? Walking everywhere they went, they had to carry this. It wasn't just stationary. It didn't just stay there. They had to bring prayer before God. And we knew, according to what we learned last week and the weeks before, that it was made with acacia wood. You know that the wood is something that was durable. It lasts for a long time. And then it was overlaid with gold. The gold represents the deity of God or the, the, the nature of God and how God is. We understand that and we learn that. But what the reason they had poles is because it had to be carried everywhere they went. And they went there and it says uh, around verse 6 it says and it was placed before the veil it was above the ark of the testimony the mercy seat where God will meet he says I won't meet with you until you give me prayer I can't come to you until you first meet me in prayer so the first thing is that prayer connects someone say prayer connects prayer connects me to God and God to me Prayer connects me to God and God to me. Prayer, someone say it again. Prayer connects. Prayer connects. There is a connection through prayer. There's a place of prayer. That's why it's very important that you live a prayer life. Hear this. Prayer doesn't mean you have to pray every day at 3 o'clock. It doesn't mean you got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't mean that you have to walk around according to a volume of your voice. It doesn't mean you have to speak in a certain language. But it does mean you've got to connect with God every single day. Before you connect with the ground, connect with God. Before you scroll, kneel. Before you do anything, like pray first. Someone say pray first. That's why Matthew, the 6th chapter, verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. Now, the reason that I'm preaching on this or teaching on this, rather, didn't know what was going to happen with Tyree, didn't know what was going to happen with different things. But I am understanding that the more conversations I have with people on varying topics of 
very different things. Sometimes, and some, many times, in the middle of some people's conversations, I want to pause them and ask them, what's your prayer life like? I want to ask, but in this culture of people being so you know, sensitive, you can't ask too many questions. Because people get upset if you ask too much. And sometimes they get upset just if you ask the truth. But I want to ask many times because, listen, Mama Joanne, I don't, I don't want to give Mama Joanne's uh, age. I don't want to give Mama uh, Mother Higgins age or whatever. But listen, they didn't have half the weave y'all got. They didn't have the lashes half of y'all have. They didn't have uh, the, the bling life that some of us front that we have. They might have seemed like they were mean. They might have seemed like they were nasty. But I would take that over some of these people now that can't seem to go through anything. I'm talking about life was harder sometimes more than what we have experienced today. It just wasn't on the news. I mean, this guy who, got, who died recently, this is not the first one who's been brutalized or whatever. All this stuff just wasn't televised. But now we have so many people now. Please hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. Someone say, please hear him. Please hear me. Please hear me. Do not counsel me for this. Do not get offline for this. Some of y'all are going to take it how you want anyway. But listen, I'm all for mental health. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm all for mental health, and I'm all for making sure you have counsel. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I want to make sure you're good. I want to make sure you're mentally okay. But some of y'all don't have any mental health issues. It's just a new thing to talk about. Some of y'all take off work because you need a mental health day. You don't need no mental health day. Ain't nothing wrong with your mind. It's called lazy. I knew I was going to lose 10 of y'all. Y'all were shouting five minutes ago. But when it comes to that, seriously, we use different things to our advantage. And you don't really understand. There are really people who are really going through mentally. There are people who really need medication. There are really people who are going through bipolar disorders. Don't use somebody else's real struggle to your advantage because it's popular. There are real people who are dealing with traumatic, traumatic episodes and traumatic experiences and they can't deal with life. They don't know how to process life. They're going through depression and things that are real. You cannot just post something on Instagram or Facebook just for likes and there are really people who just want to be liked. Everywhere they went, I feel this better than y'all understand it. These things, when they look everywhere they took, they took prayer and it was in the wilderness. It was not a plush, a lush place or a place where great vegetation was growing. The wilderness was an in-between spot. But what God was trying to show them is that you will go through many in-between spots in your life. But no matter where you are in your life, you've got to have a prayer life. You will not always have nice things. Things will not always work in your favor. Everybody will not always like you. You will not always have a lot of friends. You will not always have a lot of money. But you've always got to have a prayer life. You've always got to be before me. You've always got to carry me everywhere you go. You've always got to take me in the night seasons. No matter where you go, I don't care what you have. Always have me. Take prayer with you. You might not know how to do it, but try it. You might not know what to say, but groan. You might not know all the words, but try. Talk to me every chance you get. Someone say, talk with Jesus. If I was in the Missionary Baptist Church, they would say, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. 
you'll hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. Just when you feel a little prayer will turn, you'll know a fire is burning and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Somebody say it makes it right. You got to pray to him. And every time he prayed, every time he prayed, he says it was a fragrant incense. It was a fragrant incense. And every morning he brought it. And every morning Aaron set up the lamps. And every morning he burned. Every morning he burned. Every morning he prayed. Every morning he offered incense. Every morning he offered incense. Every morning, every single day he offered incense. Every day, I'm trying to get somebody to get it. Every single day he prayed. Some of y'all would not be so depressed if you would pray. And some of you would stop being so hateful to people if you prayed, prayed more. You can't come to a faultless God and find fault with everybody that you come into contact with. Because when you pray, God will change you. They prayed every single day. And that prayer, glory to God, and that prayer lasted for generations. Brothers and sisters, what are you handing down for generations? What are you handing your child? What are you handing your niece? What are they seeing through you? My children see a lot of stuff through me, and I'm not perfect by any means. I have all types of failures. I have all types of flaws. I have all types of things that I'm working on. But I do hope that beyond my falls, that beyond my flaws, and beyond my failures, they say, what I do know is every time he talked to Jesus, every time he talked to God, God corrected his nature. God corrected his leadership. God corrected his life. That's what I hope get handed down to them, that when they're old and when I'm gone, they'll say, my daddy prayed. My daddy loved God. My daddy got before his knees and talked to God. What are you handing down to your child? Prayer lasted for generations. My grandmama, I told y'all, has gone on, but her prayer is still working. Her prayers, prayers don't die because the person did. Prayers never expire. The person may die, but prayers last for generations. Come on, Dorothy Norwood. Somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time. Is there anybody in the room that can just give God praise? Because somebody prayed for you. Somebody cared for you. Somebody lifted you. Somebody interceded for you. Somebody said, they ain't going to say like this. Don't count them out. Oh, my baby, I'm praying for them. Oh, my child, I'm praying for them. I know they're a teenager and they pray that, but I got them covered. I'm going to keep praying for them because when I was 16, I was just like that. But look at what prayer did for me. Somebody open your mouth and say somebody prayed. It was prayer. It was an incense. It was an incense. It was, it was something that something that God could respond to have you given God anything he can respond to when's the last time you gave God something he can respond to come on pastor station read revelation the 8th chapter verse 3 go there and another angel yes. came and stood at the altar yes. with a golden censer I'm almost ready. and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers yeah. of all the saints on the golden altar before yeah. the throne and the smoke of the incense yeah. with the prayers of the saints yeah. rose before God from the hand of yeah. the angel. Yeah. Some of y'all hadn't brought no smoke to God. Y'all ain't brought no smoke. So the reason God can't hear you 
is because you ain't got no smoke. God, my prayer rises up before God. Y'all don't understand. Y'all see the smoke, but y'all don't see God. What is happening is when I pray, God gets in the smoke. And the prayer rises up to God. The prayer rises up to God. Someone said, get in the smoke. I, I, God, I need more smoke. I need God to get in it. I need God to get in it. God gets in the smoke and God starts to handle something I can't handle. God starts to do something that I can't do nothing about. But because I pray and it offered up an incense that went up to God. Someone said, get in the smoke. Get in the smoke. He says that the smoke of the incense was the prayers of the saints. The prayers, the smoke was the prayers of the incense. It was the prayers of the saints. I want you to look about three people in town. Bring the smoke. Just bring the smoke. Just bring the smoke. Just bring the smoke. I mean, I need something that God can get into. I, I need something that God can handle. And I need God to get in the smoke. Someone said, bring the smoke. Because as they prayed, it was an incense that went up to God. That was the prayers of the saints. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, we are therefore surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Grandmama, I see you in the cloud. Granddaddy, I see you in the cloud. There are people who are in the cloud who are praying for me when I couldn't pray for myself. Somebody give God praise for the cloud. I'm surrounded. I ain't surrounded by haters. I'm surrounded by a cloud. I ain't surrounded by naysayers. I'm surrounded by a cloud. And God responds to the prayers of the saints. Somebody say, just pray. It might not seem like a lot to you, but I need smoke. I need something that God, and you see how long smoke lingers? I'm through praying, but the smoke is still up there. Brothers and sisters, stuff that God hasn't answered yet don't mean it ain't in the cloud. Just because you hadn't got delivered yet, just because uncle ain't saved yet, just because sister hadn't come to Christ yet, just because your son hadn't got here yet, just because your co-worker had, I wish y'all understood this thing. I wish y'all really understood that just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied. Just because it hasn't happened yet don't mean it's not going to happen. You got to learn how to praise God for the cloud. Praise Mario. Praise God for the cloud. I don't shout on what I see. I don't even shout on what I feel. I shout because I know my prayers were heard. The cloud never asked my permission to rise. It just did what it did. It responded 
to my prayer. Every time you pray, it's like incense before God. Every time you open up, I said every time. I'm not talking about you living right. I ain't talking about you holy. I ain't talking about you know all the words in the Bible. I ain't talking about you hadn't done nothing wrong. I'm talking about every time a child of God opens, give me that smoke. Every time a child of God opens his mouth, God said, here they go praying again. Here they go calling on me again. Here goes my child. Let me get in the smoke. Let me get in the house. Let me get in their finances. Let me get in their life because they are bringing the smoke. Every time you pray, smoke is going towards heaven. It's an incense. Woo, Jesus, I want somebody to say, I got to start praying. I got to start praying because every time you talk to God, God gets in it. It looks like a mess to you, but it looks like an opportunity to God. Finances look like a mess. My mind looks like a mess. My children look like a mess. Sometimes my church looks like a mess. My leadership feels like a mess. My business feels like a mess. But when I get on my knees and pray, I hear, I put a cloud up before God. And God said, all I wanted was the smoke. All I wanted you was to open up your father. I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. Somebody open your mouth and say, God, I come to you. Saints, prayers of the saints. Daniel, oh Jesus, Daniel, the sixth chapter and verse 10. Go there. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Let me tell you what this means. There was just a decree a few verses above Deacon Sterling that they said we can't find nothing on Daniel to get him for we tried and we can't find nothing on him so the only thing we can do is use his God against him because for those of you who are Bible readers a few chapters before it said that every time they heard the sound they were supposed to bow down before an idol God. So they passed that test. Now they said, well, we can't do nothing. We keep, keep trying to find something on Daniel so he can go to jail. So they said, oh, King Darius, not my son. They said, oh, King Darius, oh, live forever. They said, will you make a decree that for 30 days, everyone must bow down to you and you only? So the king said, of course, that sounds fair enough. Let everyone bow down and worship me. And they said, everybody who doesn't has to go in the prison to the den of lions. So they said that and the decree went forth and they did, King Darius signed it. After the decree was signed, Darius went back to his house, commission. This is how bad Darius, Daniel is. Daniel went back to his house. He said, not only am I going to pray, but I'm going to open up the windows for them to see me pray. He said, not only am I going to do what I normally do, but I'm going to make sure I don't do it secretly so that everybody can see that I still worship God and I still get on my knees before God. So he opened up the windows 
And he said he got on his knees and prayed three times a day and prayed and defied what the law said because whoever was caught praying was supposed to get thrown into the den of lions. Daniel said, I'm not scared of lions. I'm scared of God. He got in position and in posture and in position and prayed three times. And when they caught him, they caught him praying to God. So when they caught him, they threw him in the den of lions. And y'all know what the word says. Y'all know what happens. What happened when he went in there? The Bible says that God closed the mouth of the lions. And when the king came to check on Daniel, he looked in there and Daniel was okay sleeping on what was supposed to kill him. I want to tell some of y'all right now. God is getting ready to allow you to sleep on stuff that was supposed to kill you. God is going to allow you to last through stuff that's designed to destroy you. And it's only going to happen because of your prayer life. And it's going to happen because of your connection with God. And I want somebody who believes that to give God praise. To say, I'm going to sleep through it. You're going to wake up the next day and they're going to say, did you hear about that child? I slept right through it. Did you not hear that a lot? I slept right through it. Did you not see what's going on? I slept right through it. How did you sleep? Because I prayed about it and God took care of it somebody say I prayed about it came out of that thing I feel like preaching he prayed out of that thing got on his knees and prayed so prayer connects and this is the next part I gotta get out of here this is the next part prayer not only connects don't leave here prayer also corrects Y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? It, it connects, but it also corrects. Pastor Stacia, go to Exodus, the 30 chapter, and verse 9 through 10. You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. All right. What does that mean? Aaron was to offer a sacrifice every year. Now, put, um, put that one picture up there that has everything on there, not the court and stuff, but that one with a um, um, candlestick, the that's good too, but not the other, the other one that I just gave you this morning or last night, whatever I gave it to you. That one, thank you very much. If you look right here, this is the brazen, um, this is the uh, altar of incense, all right? Right here, you notice there's nothing in that pathway, right? Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> there's nothing in that pathway. Now take me now to the outer court, to the whole thing. The reason that there was nothing there is because this brazen altar, this labor, was a straight line to the altar of incense. There was nothing in the way of it. Because Aaron had to take, I don't, I don't want to lose you here, Aaron had to take the blood from here and take it all the way to the altar of incense. Aaron had to, the, 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 the prophet, the, the priest had to take the blood from this sacrifice and take it all the way to the altar of incense. 
which means there's three things. The brazen altar, the brazen laver, and the place of the altar of incense. There are three areas that you've got to have before you get to God. The brazen altar is the place of salvation. You can't get to Jesus without being saved. It's a place of sacrifice. Sacrifice, salvation through Jesus. Hear that. Salvation, I want to say salvation through Jesus. Like the first thing I get to God, I come to him, I come in the brazen altar, sacrifice, Jesus sacrifice. Y'all know that Jesus was the lamb that was slain, sacrificed his life for me. The second thing is I go to the brazen laver, which is the place of baptism. It is cleansing. Once I get saved, once I accept Jesus as Lord, I get baptized. I get baptized and I get cleansed. My old sins are washed away and behold, all things are new. And then the next thing is, it's a place, an altar of incense, it's a place of prayer dependency on God you don't get saved you don't get baptized and not need God anymore there are a lot of us who left God when you got saved at nine I got saved I got baptized I got a picture for it and that's it prayer the altar of incense is a place of dependency on God I've got to have it now put that back up there with the thing uh, with all three things in there because what happens was God said to Aaron he said to Moses he says to Aaron he says don't bring any unauthorized fire to me which was to say don't bring any blood to me that has not first been sacrificed he says when the blood reaches me I will know if it's been contaminated or if it's blood that has been sacrificed. If it's a lamb's blood or you went over there and got some goat or you went over and got some, some turtle or some dove or whatever. He said, I will know the blood because it will have been sacrificed. It will have died. I will notice when it gets to me. There are some of you. What does this mean? There are some of us who think God doesn't pay attention to what we do. There are some of us who thinks God is just like he just accepts anything. He'll just, whatever you bring him, he's going to get it. Whatever you get him, he's going to take it. That's not how God works. He says, don't bring anything that's unauthorized to me. I got one more scripture for you. I want more word? I know you do. One more word, Leviticus, Leviticus, the 10th chapter, 1 through 3. Go there. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Hold on. God told them what type of blood to bring, right? What type of fire to offer up. The sons, hold on. These sons are the sons of Aaron. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stop there. The sons of Aaron, Nahab and Abahu, the sons of Aaron, each took a censer, put fire in it, laid on incense, and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not to do. Keep going. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Wait a minute. Stop right here. Park for a moment. God did what? God killed somebody? Consumed them. Why is this church so quiet? Y'all didn't know that was in the Bible? God don't play about his offerings. We think, oh, I can just hate people. Oh, I can just treat people any type of way. Oh, I can just shout in here and cuss you out later. Oh, I can just be in here and just go through the motions of church. Oh, for real? Really? You think that's how that works? Like you can be in church and bitter? 
strange fire, unauthorized fire. It got quiet in this Episcopalian assembly. Because we think you can bump it and shout it and all this stuff and then be judgmental too. I mean, like, you can really do, I'm talking about you can be in church and hate somebody. You sitting on this side and hate somebody on that side, and you think God's going to receive you? But then you say, I, I love God, but I can't stand them. Really? I mean, you really think that God's going to accept that type of sacrifice? What did it say again, Pastor Station? Because they're they looking at me like they want to fight me, and i got hands. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the now Lord. Now verse 3 says what? Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. This is the part, Pastor Guillaume. This is the part. These, Cameron, these were Aaron's sons. The priest's sons that God killed. What does the Bible say? And Aaron held his peace. So you mean that God didn't look at Aaron being a priest and say, I'm going to skip over your children because you a priest. So I'm going to leave your children alone. They Aaron. God said, oh no, this ain't a family plan. You are right before me, but your children are not right before me. I'm dealing with your children. And hear me. I don't want you to leave here right now. There are some of you right now. Jesus, help. Oh, God have mercy. There are some of you right now who are trying to bargain with God over people that he's trying to deal with. When God is trying to deal with somebody, the best thing you can do is get out the way. You can pray for who you want to. Try to grab who you can grab. But when God is dealing with somebody, leave it alone. You are not God. He is God. Leave them alone. The only thing you can do is pray for them. Let me tell you something, Kiana. I'm glad you asked. There have been many people in the seven years of this church who decided to leave this church. And the Lord has never told me to call them to bring them back. Because whoever was supposed to be here is still here. Whoever wants supposed to be here ain't here whoever God is dealing with let God deal with them Aaron held his peace some of you need to be quiet leave it alone does it hurt you when you know they could be better does it hurt you when you know they're not where they're supposed to be does it hurt you when you see them at Walmart and you see them depressed? You see them lonely? You see them confused? And when you ask them how they're doing, the first thing they do is talk about who hurt them and what year and why they did it and why they don't come to church no more. And, all, and you hear it and you look at them and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You just hold your peace and you walk away. There's nothing you can do. The only thing you can do is pray for them. Aaron held his peace and said, let God deal with them. Because prayer corrects. Someone say prayer corrects. 
and you have to and we have to and I have to remove everything that looks like strange fire you don't want a relationship that's strange <laughs> you don't want a relationship you don't want a friendship you don't want any type of ship you don't want to be on any ship that is strange what I mean is anything that didn't come from God you don't want someone say I don't want it nothing that comes from God I don't want all right, let me go here. Oh, Jesus. I'm, God have mercy. First John. Uh, Jesus. Where do I go? First John, the first chapter, eight through nine. Go here. Because I feel like I got to drive this home for somebody who's, they feel like they're, they're okay. Go here real quick. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. What? What? Say it one more time for the back. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Why do you think your stuff don't stink? Why is everybody okay? Everybody is okay. I mean, everybody, no, excuse me. Everybody's wrong but you. Why is that? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Y'all know a few scriptures, a few weeks ago I was talking about whoever looks his face in the mirror and forgets what he saw and walks away. All of us have sinned. Do me a favor, real quick. Will you just lean over to someone beside you and say, you too, boo. Just you too, you too. All of us. All of us. All of us. Mother Carol, in the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic, all means all. All of us got sin. All of us got something. So the Bible talks about be careful how you judge others. Be careful. There was one scripture that talked about that. I said it in prayer this Tuesday. Be careful of being like the unjust person who was standing before God and said, Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm not like him. I'm so grateful. I don't sin like that. Oh, I'm so grateful. I don't shoot. I don't, did you hear? Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm not like that at all. I'm so grateful that I, I'm, I'm least good. I'm, I'm so grateful. And here this other person would say, Lord, have mercy on me because I'm just a sinner. Do you know that God responds more to the person who would tell the truth than to the person who just learned how to speak in church? Speak in church means speaking lies. First giving on to God's head of my life. We just say stuff. Just do stuff because it's churchy and it's not truthful. When's the last time you told the truth to say the truth is I have an addiction. The truth is I'm really not sure how to get help on it. The truth is, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm lonely and confused. That's the real truth. What you gonna do about it? That's the real truth. That's the real truth. The truth is, I really don't even wanna be here. Truth is, I'm at church, but I don't even know how I got here. Because I've been in such a daze in my life, I feel like I'm just driving places and don't even know how I end up there. That's the real truth. Someone say it's just the real truth. It goes on, and I, okay, let me get out of that. All right, prayer connects. Prayer, prayer corrects. Last thing, prayer changes me. We always talk about prayer changes things. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. Uh, James, the fourth chapter and verse two through three says this. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. 
When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Uh, give me E flat real quick. Well, let me close this message real quick. Because y'all want me to have church and y'all, 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 y'all want me to raise my voice because you, 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 you don't feel like you're having church until I put a little home on it and I feel a little on it and I say, good God, this evening, may the Lord bless you real good. Because that's how we're supposed to close messages, right? That's how we close, right? So we close messages like this, but you kill people. But I'm supposed to close. Give me that thing real quick. Uh, because y'all in the African-American church uh, for so many years uh, don't feel like you're having church uh, until the preacher gets up here uh, and starts screaming uh, and starts hollering uh, and says, yes, ain't y'all right. Don't fool me now. Ain't y'all right. But you kill people. I mean, you shouted the house down last Sunday and talked about everybody from Monday to Saturday. But y'all want me to go back to last Sunday. I, I felt my help and I, oh, I, I, I don't know. But, but you scroll on Instagram and covet other people's lives. But I'm supposed to come up here and entertain everybody to make you feel good about your killing self. Entertain us so you can feel good about your curvaceous ways and lusting over stuff that you're not supposed to have. And we're supposed to have a good time in church and say, excuse me, Negro, you preach. But Aaron, what is it for me to preach and don't none of y'all ever change? You want Bible support? What is it? Does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? When I get to heaven, he ain't going to say, Mario, <laughs> you had a good hoop on you. <laughs> Mario, <laughs> out of all the preachers on YouTube, <laughs> you broke that smoke. <laughs> you knew how to close a message real good. God don't care nothing about that. When you get to heaven, he's going to say, did you believe in Jesus? Not did y'all have good church. Because you ask and you ask amiss and you don't have because your motives are wrong. Some of y'all are like, I don't know why I ain't got nobody. I don't know why I ain't got that. Are your motives right? Are you asking for the right motive? I remember when Mel and I lived in Mississippi, there was nothing for you to drive through a neighborhood and see a big mansion by a trailer. 
Because somebody loved to have a bigger thing besides somebody else's impoverished thing. God doesn't bless you for you to look down on other people. All right, Pastor Stacia, get my children out of here. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 41 through 42, because we got to get out of here. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I'm going to say this, and I'll be through. The brazen altar is the place of dying of my flesh. The altar of incense is a place of dying to my will. The brazen altar is a place where I is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid. Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. It is the place where my will dies. You want another scripture? I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present. Um, Darius and Pastor Guillaume, can you come here real quick? <clears throat> um, Deacon Sterling, come here, too, because I need some strong people. I don't know if y'all can get this on the camera. Y'all don't have to get it because it just came to me. It's going to be real quick. All right. Y'all hold me. Just hold my arms. Come in front of me. Just stay there. Yeah. The brazen altar kills my flesh. The altar of incense kills my will. What happens when my flesh dies, but my will is still alive? My will is I want this or whatever this represents, whatever that is. It's one thing for my flesh to die. But if I don't let it break me loose, if I don't, if I don't allow my will to die, I will keep going places I don't need to go. Because my, come here scripture, he says, what I would do, I don't do. What I'm not supposed to do, I find myself doing. Because everywhere I go, I find myself along within myself warring, knowing that when I would do good, evil, my will draws me like I'm in a war between what God wants and what I want. I don't want the bad, but I really want it because my flesh hasn't died yet. My will is to do things that I don't want to do. And if I don't stay on the altar long enough, I always be in a war between my flesh and will. God says, I will take care of your flesh. But when, but when you come to prayer, I take care of your will. <laughs> I told him, let me go. He didn't even let me go. <laughs> but hold on. That's the thing. Some of y'all won't stay in prayer long enough for God to tame you. You won't stay in prayer long enough 
for God to correct your mouth and your mind. Because when you grab, this is the thing. The, the scripture says that there will put the scripture, put the, uh, the altar uh, thing up there real quick. If you look on that thing, uh, the altar of incense, put it up there real quick. Come on. The altar of incense, it has four horns on it. The four horns meant that it went to many different corners of my life. You know how people used to say you need to grab the horns of the altar? What it means is grab it to the place where you're like, Lord, this area of my life, I got to hold on to you for. This area of my life, I need you for. This area of my life, meaning prayer is not just for one place. It's for all places of my life. You got to hold on. Like, don't let go. Thank you, brothers. Like, like hold on. Like, I, I need my flesh to die, but I need my will to die. There's some things I want that I don't need. There are things I want to have that I should not have. Someone say, let your flesh die. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm through. Lord, have mercy. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Church, brothers and sisters and friends, all of you who are streaming, they're still with me. I love this church and the body of Christ too much for us to be playing games with God. There are some of us who come every single Sunday. We won't even grab the horn to say, Lord, change that part in me. Lord, change that will in me. Change that desire in me. Change, change that area in me. Like, I've, I'm, I've been too long like this. I can't stay like this. Like, this, this is not your will for me. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.